Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> And welcome again to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. I am your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm executive editor of the brand new and hot as coals, blogcritics.org. Um, hopefully you have gone to the new site and seen if you've not, get there now. Um, we are sponsored, as always this evening, by Wireless One Marketing mobile apps that are completely affordable and if you have not downloaded the Lex Let's Talk TV app, you can do so at play.google.com and at iTunes and I highly recommend you get it to keep up with everything that goes on at Let's Talk TV and Blog Critics and all that other good stuff. You can get a hold of Wireless One Marketing at 847-637-2514 www.wireless1mktg.net. Tell them that Barbara Barnett from Let's Talk TV sent you. And we are with our usual panel this evening. Hello, Jerome. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am good. I am a little bleary-eyed just having driven. Actually, my husband did all the driving because <laughs> he wanted control of what we listened to on the way home. <laughs> so it's I don't know about that one, Barbara. <laughs> our, the, rule, the rule in our house is whoever is driving gets to control what we listen to. And we have a Sirius XM radio in the car. And we also have our cars equipped so that you can plug your iPod in or iPad in, and it Bluetooths through the stereo system in the car, and it's kind of cool. And um, so he wanted to drive because um, he got to listen to all his 11,000 tunes on his iPhone. And believe me, in the 15 hours it took us to drive home, we got through a fair piece of those 11,000 tunes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, but we're a little bleary. It took us 15 hours. We had to make a stop over in Champaign. Um, and then we came home and we got home around 9 o'clock last night, 8 o'clock last night, just in time for last night, last night's penultimate episode of Game of Thrones, which we will talk about. At the very, 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 very end of the show, because, Jimmy, you haven't seen last night's episode, which everyone is Oh, like, it's so good. I, I, guess, I, have, guess, I have to cover the killing premiere, so I will watch it. But. Don't, don't, ta- don't say anything about it, because cause Jimmy wants to remain unspoiled. All right, possible? all right. I won't I'll say anything, but I will just. The, the episode just... was, um, it was one of those, and I've read the novels. My jaw was on. Yeah, me too. I was just I like, was really, what? I was really I sad all the, way, all the way through it. I was really sad not to see Jamie and Brienne for the second week in a row. And then when, when um, the, see, the, the episode was almost over, my jaw just dropped through. It's my, still I was just hurt. like, I was just, so, I still am like sitting here going, what? 
Oh, so, anyway, it was so good. Though. It was so good. moment, and I, we're not going to say anything yes. more about it. At the very end, when Jimmy will sign off, and then you and I maybe will spend the last five minutes or so talking about uh, Game of Thrones. Um, so, <laughs> whew, ha, yeah. So the summer, the summer season is about to heat up, right? Starting uh, soon. Um, a lot of summer shows, if they haven't already started, will be starting shortly. Um, I just posted my review of um, the Newsroom uh, Blu-ray release, season one of the Newsroom, um, which I got late last week in the mail from the lovely folks at HBO. Um, so check that out on Blog Critics. What are you guys? Jimmy, what's your latest stuff that you're writing about? Um, just lots of summer premieres. Uh, we had the Fosters and Mistresses tonight and the Killing last night. So I've got some USA and sci-fi stuff later in the week. Very cool. And what are you following these days? Well, I've got, oh, my God, i got so much going on. There's lots of behind-the-scenes stuff going on at all my children now, um, lots of crazy stuff at Prospect Park going on. But I also, I was actually um, sought out. They actually wanted me to review a movie called Ways to Live Forever, and I did uh, look at it, so but they don't want me to post my review till probably like first couple weeks of July because it doesn't come out until then. But I was able to interview right. Robbie Kay, who I don't know if you guys know. Well, he's the star of that show, but he was on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, with uh, oh, those nice. movies. And yeah, he's, he's a kid. You know, he's like 17 now. But I mean, uh, anyway, so it was great. So yeah, so I've been busy working and reviewing, and I've got lots of good stuff coming up. <laughs> Cool, cool. Yeah, I did a re- an interview a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. I don't know if it's since it was the last episode that we did or not, but with Jim Piddock, who is the creator with Christopher Guest of Family Tree on HBO. Oh, cool. Oh, how? Mm-hmm. I have not watched that yet. Is it good? It is, it is yeah. very funny. If you like Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaids, who is charming and delightful, do. he stars in it. With Michael McKeon. Oh, okay. And oh, and I love Michael McKeon. Yeah, and a lot of the rest of the Christopher Guest people. So you've got Ed Begley Jr. and, um, of course, Jim Piddock and Chris Guest himself. And just the whole Bob Balaban. I mean, everyone who's, you know, Christopher Guest has a very specific mockumentary style that goes all the way back mm-hmm. to the final tap. And, um, you know, for your consideration, uh, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind. Right. Some of my favorite, favorite movies, um, comedy movies, just hysterically funny. Uh, Jane Lynch has been in most of them. Oh, I um, love her. Yeah, I don't think she's in my family, but a lot of the other guys make appearances. Uh, she may make an appearance yet. Yeah, um, I'm but, thinking. But I, uh, but I got to interview Jim Piddock, who's the British guy in the cast, um, mm-hmm. who uh, is great. He was delightful to speak with on the phone. So my interview with him is up on Blog Critics as well, and I'm actually um, being promo- promoted, not promoted, but um, uh, folks at HBO are trying to arrange for me an interview with some people from the newsroom. Oh, so that'd be cool. my fingers are crossed for um, Jeff Daniels, who I adore. Oh, that would be amazing. One of my very favorite, uh, one of my very favorite American actors. I don't like a lot. I don't. I shouldn't say I don't like a lot of American. I should not say that. I I am not. I am not a huge fan of many American actors. Um, there are a 
few that I think are just phenomenal, and among them are Jeff Daniels. Um, and uh, he's definitely he's definitely up there. And I think he has just done a lot of stuff over the last few years that just, oh, my God, why are you doing these movies, Jeff? You're such an intelligent, sensitive actor. And uh, <laughs> the newsroom, yeah. in the newsroom, he plays Will McAvoy, who is, he gets to really peel back the layers and, He's really quite, quite good an actor. So I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope I get to interview him. That's um, great. And uh, or or any any others of the cast. I'm actually put the bug in in the ear of my PR contact at HBO that maybe we can get a couple of them on the show. So that could be that kind of would fun. be amazing. Have and you I know. Guys, um, no, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if you guys watched um, Hemlock Grove and uh, the other one I saw over the weekend, which I absolutely loved, was um, House of Cards. Have you guys been watching those at all? I oh, House saw... of Cards is amazing. See, now, which one's funny? House of Cards? Yes, yeah, I, I, I uh, the pilot of Hemlock Grove. I want to get back to it, but I watched all of House of Cards. It was, I mean, if Kevin Spacey doesn't get the Emmy, I'm going to be shocked. I will be so upset. Kevin Spacey, oh, my God. I mean. I really, I love Kevin Spacey. I am not, it's weird. I am not, I'm, like, usually huge with political stuff, political drama, political comedy. That is my, you know, I get my teeth into that. And I just haven't been able to get into House of Cards. I've watched three and I haven't been able to get into it. Maybe now. Oh, my God. I was, like, maybe now. I mean, like, you know. Oh, uh, maybe yeah, I'll get maybe it. No. Rewatch it again. You yeah. Know, yeah. I, don't like... I, tried, I tried watching the British one as well, and I really didn't like that one. <laughs> I, I, I watched the first episode of the British, British one, and I liked it, but the American one is so good. Oh, my God. Kevin uh, is just. Uh, that man, if he doesn't uh, win, it. it's going to be a travesty of injustice. That's and all I have to say. I completely agree. And I have and a couple other nominations, too, and for that cast. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I just I got, was like, oh, my God. I know I, like, I told everybody, I'm like, you guys have to watch this. I'm trying to get my brothers to watch it. Everybody is just so good. And, yeah, Hemlock Grove, I absolutely, I need to rewatch it because, I mean, like, there was so much going on with it. I mean, I liked it. It's totally my genre because it's, you know, werewolves and, you know, crazy stuff like that. Yeah. things that are going on and whatever. And the ending was fabulous. And, of course, you know, well, Bill Skarsgård is in it, which is Alexander's yeah. brother. Hence, mm-hmm. then, of course, you know, I yeah, the ending was fabulous. So I won't tell you what the ending is or the finale was, but I'm dying for it to come back now. But at least we'll get to see Alex. So <laughs> coming up here on July. Yeah, so. I haven't uh, right, right, which is which is starting soon. I haven't really, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched. Uh, you know, I'm trying. It's like supernatural yeah. stuff, um, <laughs> including super. <laughs> uh oh, Jimmy's gone. Oh, don't be saying my supernatural. Oh, Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's gone. Uh oh, what happened? Jimmy? I don't know. He dropped out. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. I'll put him on right away. We have two people. Okay. Uh, one person. Oh, here he. No, here he comes. Here he comes. Hang on a second. Okay. Okay, hang on. Jimmy, we yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah sorry, I don't know what happened. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, the blog critics doesn't love you tonight. I don't know what. I'm not blog critics. <gasps> blog talk radio. Ah, uh, I keep blog making that mistake. Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Um, so, um, yeah, I just, you know, I've I've been really avoiding things of a supernatural bent because I'm so engrossed in the rewrites of my novel. 
Yeah. And there are like strong supernatural overtones to parts of it and right. uh, sci-fi and fantasy elements to it. And every time I see something that has an immortal in it of any kind, I just sort of go, <gasps> I just, I can't, because I, <laughs> like, I can feel the, the, the vibes going into my head. Right. I'm like, no, stay out of my head. <laughs> so, um, but we've been You're watching- overloaded. No, you know, I just don't want to get, I just, I don't want to get influenced at all. Yeah. Um, Hoping this is going to be like a really original novel. And um, it's like, you know, I've got elements of Holmes in it. I've got Arthur Conan Doyle is actually a character in it. Um, And my main, one of my main characters is actually James Bell, who is Joseph Bell's relative who of course was the model for Sherlock Holmes so um, mm-hmm. it's like so so anything that has to I, I actually explore Conan Doyle's thing about um, spirituality spiritualism and the supernatural and talking to dead people and so I, I kind of plumb that and, and not to mention the fact that my two main characters are immortal <laughs> which is a little bit of a giveaway and, and it's really I mean I've, I like I said I mean I only got through that first little part and I need to to read what you've sent me, and I haven't had time. But I mean, so far, I mean, I liked what I what I have read. But you sent me a rewrite, so I need to. I haven't yeah. done the. Re- I haven't read. You the read. Rewrite you yet. read the. You read the Conan Doyle chapter. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, which is exactly. very, very different. It's very different in tone from the rest of the novel because it's very stylized and very much third okay. person omniscient. It's it's very different yeah. in tone from the rest of the novel by design, and okay. uh, so. You get the rest of it. It's much more emotionally involving than the very stylized beginning of the novel, which isn't supposed to tell you much of anything, but at the same <laughs> time tell you a great deal. So right, I hope, right. hope I've done that with the, with that first chapter. But uh, and 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 uh, and tempted your taste buds. But anyway, enough yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, um, I still wanted more. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> enough about enough about the apothecary. Um, so. Um, oh, we got a bunch of people. Gosh, we got, oh, wait, Jerome. Oh, wait, 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 Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. He disappeared Uh-oh. again? He's gone again. Oh, my we God. Lost Jimmy again. Jimmy, Jimmy, what is the matter? I'm here. He doesn't want to talk with us? <laughs> that kind of Jimmy hanging up. It just dropped me out of the host queue. I don't know. He's, he's, getting, he's getting lost in space. Oh, that's another show. Sorry. Um, so, okay. So, enough is, uh, okay. So, if you guys, I have to talk about blog critics for a minute. Um, have you guys been to the new site? Of course you have. Of course we have. It looks fantastic. It's amazing. I love it. I like the formatting much better. Thank you. Thank you. It looks mm-hmm. pretty, doesn't it? And, and actually, we're going to make some improvements to the sidebar over the week as well. Um, we're going to have like the, the the most recent comments, the most popular stories, the freshest stories, uh, the most commented stories are all going to be like in a sidebar tabbed so you can kind of tab from one to the other. And um, but I'm really liking the way it looks and the front page is very fresh and this the slider yeah. thing. I'm having a lot of fun picking what goes in the slider. Bribe <laughs> <So. laughs> <laughs> me, God. No, just kidding. You cannot. Look I am out. unbribable. I am unbribable. I'm the executive editor. <laughs> I have a responsibility to the people who write my checks <laughs> every month. Um, so, and that's uh, what you say in public, so. <laughs> I know. What's the real story, Barbara? (laughs) (laughs) She'll tell us off the air. (laughs) I know, really. 
Technorati, if you don't know, if you don't know, listeners out there, Technorati Media owns us. We are um, their journalism site. We have a, we're a feature magazine that is strictly online, and we are owned by Technorati Media. And we love Technorati um, because they pay my bills. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. <laughs> they, they, help that's send, they, help, they help send my child through college. Um, anyway, a little bit. Not much, but a little bit. Um, anyway, so so let's talk about Once Upon a Time. Yay. Um, somebody asked me on Twitter today if I had seen uh, Wonderland um, yet, because the word on the street is that Spoiler TV has a screener, and I have not. It is not on ABC's uh, uh, press site yet, so I have not, <clears throat> I have not seen it, How and did- I... Uh, spoiler TV. I don't. One? Oh God, who knows how they get? They get stuff <laughs> that they're, you know, they get these the clips, you know, the clips that that the studio yeah. releases to the press only are all watermarked. You can't embed them, and right, right. somebody mm-hmm. gets them and puts them on YouTube. And it's like I had I've gone back and forth with ABC dozens of times. They said, you know what? They're not supposed to have this. I don't know how they're getting it. But right. They're not. They're not supposed to have it. So um, so everybody gets it from the ABC video site. And um, so I'm trying, you know, it's like, no, 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 we, we just, we don't. We don't give it to anybody. You you guys get it when everyone else is supposed to get it. I don't know how they, and I don't know if there's a way they're taking off the watermark. Oh, um, my God. That's and doing not, it that way. But um, so it's not, so I I've not seen Wonderland yet. So I'm hoping the moment, the moment that I have access to it, um, I will watch it and share uh, with everyone. And I'll put wait. it on Twitter. So make <laughs> sure you follow me on Twitter at Barbara underscore Barnett and follow Jerome Wetzel at Jerome Wetzel TV and Chrissy at Our Heart uh, Radio. Wait, Our Heart Radio. Yeah. Our Heart Radio. Ha. Our heart, heart radio. <laughs> so, um, okay, so let's talk about uh, Once Upon a Time. And I'm going to br- – I've got somebody else on the line, and I think it might be Meredith. Let's see if it's Meredith. i got a bunch of people that are in the queue. So I'm going to see – I think this is Meredith, or maybe not. Hi, you're Hey, on this my- is Zombie. It's from the sea. Hey, Zombie. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Did you notice season finale of Evolutionist tonight? Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I've been reviewing the season episode by episode, and I have to say, it's quite a disappointing show. The first half of the season, convoluted and crazy, you know? They have these people fighting with assets, shooting guns, bows, doing sword fights and stuff. Yeah. That's an action that doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, I, you know, I I just can't. I really like Billy Burke in this. He kind of fits my thing about the tortured hero, but he almost like oh, it's it's almost overwritten. So it's so I know, I know, I know. You know, it's like, oh, he's got tortured hero written across his forehead. So, you know, you compare him to like a house or a, a Nicholas Rush from Stargate Universe or a Rumpelstiltskin from Once Upon a Time, who are all of those characters are tortured heroes. And they're all subtle, you know. They're, the tortured nature of their heroism or not heroism is really, really subtly played and subtly written. 
And then you have uh, Miles on one, on uh, on Revolution, and he's like, "Yes, I, I am a tortured hero, and watch me brood." I have to agree. And, it's yeah. the best taste of a compared to Han Solo from Star Wars. In fact, everything from yeah. this show can be compared to Star Wars: the yeah. rebellion, the fight, yeah. the mission. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. Monroe can be compared to Darth Vader himself. Yeah, and and you know what? It's it's actually being. I mean, it's almost like a cookie cutter, and I'm really kind of disappointed with it because um, I'd really loved it. I would really love to have it. I mean, Miles is exactly when I look for a new show to watch and to sink my teeth into. I actually look at the characters almost more than the plot, um, and then I give the and and then I get hooked on the writing if it's well written. And I saw, you know, when I saw Revolution, and they made a huge amount of hype about it at Comic-Con last year, and um, and, and people sort of at Comic-Con sort of panned it, so I actually didn't go to the screening, <laughs> and I didn't go to the press room. I didn't go to the Don't press room because people right. were saying, oh, but I had like 15 different things going on at the same time. And I was like, okay, it was either go to um, Revolution or go to Alphas, and I really liked David Strathairn and wanted to interview him. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to Alphas, I'm going to interview David Strathairn, and skip Revolution, because there was no way I was going to be able to do both. And so anyway, so I watched it, and I was like, okay, so Miles is the, the, the absolutely the kind of character that I like totally gravitate to, and Billy Burke does a good job of it. But the writing was like so bad. I know, and the, and I was like, what? and I've been watching it. I've been, but you know what? It's always a cue to me that what I'm watching is not great. If I also have my computer on my lap, because I always take notes. If <laughs> I am surfing while I am watching, to me, that's not involving me. I mean, I know. Uh, you couldn't believe that it's not a second season over Alphas, you know? Yeah, and that's only I, lasted for like 22 episodes. You know, I could watch when House was on. I could watch any episode of House ten times, and I would not be able to type one letter on my computer, which is why I had to watch it like for every episode four times because I just I got so involved in the characters. Um, and the same thing with season one of Once Upon a Time I, for most of the episodes, not all of them. I found with season two, I was able to like write while I was, you know. I wasn't like, okay, the commercial is up. Oh, my God, I can't wait till the commercial is over. Please be over. I couldn't, you know, it was like there, I didn't have that many episodes that did that to me. Uh, and Revolution never does that to me. I never, with Revolution, are like, okay, already, let's get done with the commercial so I can go back and watch it. And I can actually easily go to other sites and keep my mind on four or five things at once. I actually find that with Supernatural, which I really like. It's really fun, and I really enjoy it. But it's basically it's the same episode every time. <laughs> it's very much a procedural. No, and I, Barbara, don't be saying anything about my supernatural I guy. Do, and, I, you know what, and I really love Misha Collins. I really do. I gotta say, yeah. very high on my list of wants for. Um, David is hot. For for <laughs> for, for Comic Con is to sit down with to interview Misha oh, Collins. Yeah. So that's very high on my Barbara. list. And. And I so, uh, so cute. yeah, 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 I like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, listening to you guys talk about Once Upon a Time, it makes me want to watch it. You know, I planned to watch the first season back when it was still in its first season. Yeah, I never thought around to doing it. 
You should do it. You should, um, you know, you're you're a Stargate person, and um, and I know you weren't a huge fan of Stargate Universe, but I know that you you got you got to admit that Carlisle was brilliant as Nicholas Rush, oh, and he was so good in that. And, and, I and mean, Carlisle, I love Carlisle. It. Really steals Once Upon a Time. He just really steals the show. Um, from every in every he um, Lana Perea can go toe to toe with him pretty easily. Yeah. But he pretty much blows away everyone else, um, with maybe a couple of exceptions to the Rignan. Barbara Hershey can go toe to toe with him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I so so you should zombie. You should definitely try it out, if only to uh, to you know watch the pilot. Watch the pilot. I know, I know, and and I'll be sure that if I do watch it, I'll be sure to call in to give you my opinions. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I remember when I had um when I had on um you know, when I did my Stargate Universe special episodes uh with Joe Malazzi, um executive producer of Stargate, um, Joe Malazzi last December in early January. You were right on there. You came right in, you gave your opinion, you were not afraid to go toe to toe with uh the cre- one of the creators of the show, so um, I'm and that's one of the benefits that yourself provides. Greet at the top the famous people, such as Joe Malazzi, the creator yeah. from Once Upon a Time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I and, and I haven't had on Joe. I haven't had on Adam and Eddie live, but I've had on Jane Espenson. I've had on uh, Jesse Schramm. I've had on a few other famous and semi-famous people along the way. Um, so anyway, so I want to get to talking about Once Upon a Time. So, Zombie, I'm going to put you back in the in the guest, in the in the green room, and I'm going to bring Meredith on. Okay, you you last, I've got a last thing to say. Okay, Make good, sure you go check for the it. My Revolution, Make sure you check out my review for Revolution on Dateworld in the coming days. Okay, and ga- on Dateworld. Nice talking to you. Yeah, yeah, great talking to you, too. So check out Zombie. Hey. From uh, at, at Gate World. Okay, hang on a sec, and I'm going to bring on Meredith. Meredith, is that you? Yes, uh, it is me now. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Good, good. Hi. How are you? How are you? Good, good. You had sun Hi. today. Were you happy? <laughs> it was sunny here. Beautiful yeah, weather. it was very sunny here, too. Oh, yeah, that's what <laughs> my daughter tells me. And we'll know in a few days if my son will be joining you all out on the West Coast. Um, so fingers crossed for Adam. KEXP people, if you are listening in, hire my son. Um, I know they're not listening, so ha. So let's talk about episode two from season one of Once Upon a Time. So let me talk about a little bit about what, some of the things that I noticed, like kind of things that I didn't catch necessarily uh, the first time. So the street scene at the very uh-huh. beginning, uh-huh, that comes back. Yes, in, it does. In, I noticed that, too. That was in my notes as well. Okay, wait. I'm sorry. I missed that. Sorry. My phone kind of faded out. What did you say? Okay. So the very first scene of the, of the second episode of Once Upon Even, a Time. Yeah. Right. So you have Archie crossing the street with Pongo. Right. Street and Ruby putting the sign out in front of Granny's. It's it that's that's that uh, Groundhog Day deja yes. vu all over again that happens for 28 years, and then boom, something happens. The clock moves. 
Mm-hmm. And when the clock right. moved, what I noticed is that people who they actually focused on, like Emma, she actually yep. like woke up and she like, oh, whoa, what was that? You know. So right. there were there were moments, and I think I can't remember what. The, no. You know, yeah, no. it was like. Boom. So everything changed. And Henry is like yeah. looking out the window, smiling. So that yeah. was actually really, really interesting and very telling. And if you're watching it for the first time last season, those are things that, okay, fine, okay, whatever. They happened. But in retrospect, they are really important moments. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And, you know, there was just a whole new air about that, you know, just from the beginning of that episode, like you knew, okay, things are happening. And, and not only that, but it was just really interesting to see. I mean, Regina is just losing it. She's losing it throughout the whole thing. And I absolutely loved, I mean, obviously, I, when, you know, you go back and you figure out, I had totally forgotten that Melissa Fint was in, was in episode too. I totally yeah. forgot that. Well, I, but yeah. did you catch that Regina makes a comment to Melissa that Sleeping Beauty got the best of you, which yeah. makes yeah. sense to me because Sleeping Beauty is still asleep. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's true, but, you know, that was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was one of a couple of continuity things I caught in that episode that I was like, I'm not sure they had the plan for Sleeping Beauty yet because... They, she hadn't been defeated by her. Well, they they well, did have a small thing um, in um, the the first episode of the second season where Aurora woke up saying that uh, Maleficent's initial feud was with her mother. So, you know, so uh, she could have put her under the sleeping curse first. Ah, yeah, and, oh, that's uh, right. That could be. That could very well. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Good, totally. Good fan wank. That was a really good. Yeah. Episode. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> totally. She um, got my continuity complaint. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Good catch. Yeah. So, wow. Um, and I, I, like, I, I realized it was the first time we saw the mirror. Oh, my gosh. I totally missed that. I know. <laughs> oh, I love Now he's wasted away on Revolution. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I bring I him back. Him. He went through a portal and became like a really, really powerful dude in an alternative universe. Yeah. <laughs> They're not completely different characters. I mean, in both, he's kind of like not so good, but he's also not all that powerful. He's more subservient. Yeah, he's subservient more, I thought. It's not like Break Bad, Breaking Bad where he was like the ultimate big bad. In both Once Upon a Time and Revolution, he's kind of second fiddle right. at all times. Did you catch it that uh, his newspaper is called the Daily Mirror? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I laughed. I'm like, oh, my God. That's totally And I know it was so funny because at the time when we first watched that, you know, that episode, you wouldn't catch that. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, as it went on, you figured it out. But, I mean, seeing that scene now, it's like, oh, my God, that's right. You know, it's the storybook mirror, and he's the mirror. And, of course <laughs> you know, is. That's the mirror. And, and he's, I, yeah. Exactly. I love it. It was, and I, it was great. And no, I just—I was gonna say I love the Rumpelstiltskin scene, of course, with Regina. Oh my god, oh my god. that was like—it's mm-hmm. classic Rumpel. You know what? It's classic. Or it's classic post-imprisonment Rumpel. That mm-hmm. 
Oh, my gosh. That one, you know what it was? That Okay, so I saw the pilot, and I, I liked it, and I really loved the scene with Rompel. Do you know what really got me in the gut, as they say in Yiddish, in the kishkis, <laughs> which is in the gut? <laughs> That's the word in the kishkis. That means in the gut. That really was poignant to me. That that made Rumpelstiltskin more than um, a insane, crazy, deranged, evil person. Was that please when he said to Regina, "I want comfort. I want a comfortable." Yeah. It was. It was. There was like so much yearning in that one mm-hmm. little line yeah. and the look in his eye. Well, it I think just, he hated his prison. But but it's I mean, from living in a castle to living right. in in stone. But he did it mm-hmm. himself. He he actually that was part of his thing. He arranged I think he's that. of ending up in some place like that mental institution. Yeah. Oh, being sure. one of her enemies, he she could have given him a horrible, horrible life. Yes, yes, he, she could have ended. True. He could have ended up just like Belle. Um, well, and I love the other part that he said. And you have to, if I come to you, you have to do whatever I tell you, or you have to grant me my wish. If I say please, if I say please, if I say please. yep. Yeah, um, and I love that. That scene, in that one tiny, tiny scene was you have Rumpel going from deranged to yearning and and um poignant and, and, and pathos to childlike, to completely childlike and whimsical almost, to evil. And and it was like right. all in this very teeny tiny scene. Yeah. Well and and I you know there's been some discussion of and debate of when Rempel was aware of what was going on in Storybook. And a lot of people say it's when Emma started the clock. And you can tell when he says please to Regina, it seems that that's, she's surprised by it and kind of taken aback. And it's like, maybe that's the first time he said please to her. And that supports that, that uh, explanation. Yeah, I thought it was the very minute that Emma said her name when he was yep. standing behind her. So it was right yeah. before the clock, but the clock didn't do it. Right. Oh, yeah, but it was Emma. Emma, yeah. It's just Emma. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, a beautiful name. It's like I've been waiting to hear that name for 28 years now. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it's and, and so, yes. But what still hasn't been revealed is, again, this question comes up in, in this second episode, is how and why did Gold, if he didn't know beforehand, how did he bring Henry into mm-hmm. it? Yes, yeah, I am dying for that. I still think well, that the the Blue Fairy Mother Superior said somebody dropped him off at our doorstep, or that August, you know, somehow got him in to Storybrook, you know, yeah, smuggled I, him in and handed re- him over to the baby broker, and well, and you remember, uh, then he found if Regina. You, if you remember, I don't know. If, I think it was the finale show, or the, or the one before the show before that. I can't remember, but but no, when he's having that conversation with Regina, saying, you know, well, you knew who Henry's father was when you procured him for me. And he said, well, no, that was just fate. Well, what if Mother Superior is fate? 
I mean, it, 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 let's just say she had a hand in that. And that would be an interesting twist, actually, I think, if, if in fact that happens. But, uh, but yeah, we don't know how exactly he procured him. And I'm dying to hear that story. I'm sure we'll hopefully hear it in season three. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a lot of good stuff. That's yeah, yeah. That, that we'll get that uh, that flashback. I'm sure of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, I just, I mean, I absolutely, I just, and I, you know what, the thing that was interesting was that you could tell that Regina was really conflicted about killing her father. I actually felt that you know it was great that she, that he actually, that I mean that she actually, I mean you saw there was something in her, no matter even though she made the wrong decision ultimately. And she allowed, you know, her evil to kind of take over. She was conflicted. It wasn't like, okay, that's what I have to do and I'm going to just do it. No, she was very, very conflicted. And I like that. I mean, at least yeah. it shows she has a sliver of humanity. Right. And but I how come he just collapsed and died immediately when everybody else can keep walking around with their hearts out? Well, I think oh, it depends she, on what the intention is, though, of yeah, her. Maybe her she intention. She tossed it into the to the, you know, but she group. didn't toss it in the second. I mean, she had to go to the group and whatever. Yeah. You think that when she tossed it in, that's when he died. But in this episode, she reaches in, pulls out the heart, and as soon as she pulls it out of his chest, he just collapses. Whereas we've seen her do that to other characters, and maybe they continue she, to walk around. Maybe she pulled yeah, out think, his aortic artery along with it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was, a, it was a, a, an extra little. Uh, I don't know. But. Uh, but no, but I'm thinking the way, what it is is like okay, it, the intention for that heart is for her to kill kill him, so right. then he just dies immediately. Like if the intention of it is to control that person, then then that and when she pulls, I mean that's what how I look at it. And so I just you know, it's a it's a it's a fan <laughs> wank. It's a it's a good fan wank. Okay, I, yeah. I think that's a good fan wank. <laughs> Okay. They all do them. They all do them. It's a good fan wink. Okay. I, I was doing that constantly during house. Always making fan winks. Um, yeah. It was good. In fact, yeah. Okay. We won't go there. Um, so but the other thing is that when she has her conversation with Maleficent, we get the first inkling as well of the pain that she has about the loss. You know, it's not going to, this is not going to bring back this person for you. Mhm. You know, that's the first time we get this little clue about that. Right, right. You know? Exactly. And so. I like Yeah, and, and you know, I'm anxious to see more I mean, I hope we get some more background, more background on the I want to see Melissa Finn again. I know. I mean, Me too. I, I liked her. I liked her. Okay, so I love so, her. So Regina surrounds herself with all of the evil dudes from uh, the Enchanted Forest. So we have an ogre, ogre. we have the the um the gremlin. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 the what is it? The lawn what is it? A lawn the lawn uh, gremlin? Lawn what are those? Yeah. The gnomes, right, right. The we have the gnomes. The gnomes. We have a gnome. Um which actually, funnily enough, uh just made when I saw him in there it made me flash on the full Monty because there's a whole bit in there with a garden gnome. <laughs> There's a whole yeah, right a comment about um, that that scene in the jail. You know, you've said twice that he always appears to be quite insane in that jail. 
Mm-hmm. And and it's true, he does. And I think I know why. In the eighth episode, Desperate Souls, when you see him get cursed, you see that the magic literally goes into his body. People like Regina, they actually seem to use the magic that's simply in the air, but it isn't inside of them. So mm-hmm. I think that being the imp that he is, and still being in the Enchanted Forest and being in a non-magical prison, he's basically a form of withdrawal. Yeah, well, there could be mm. a very long... I mean, and, and judging from the way he's dressed in rags... I'd say he was only in there about three months because uh, Snow White was pregnant at the same time as Cinderella. and Yeah, but you know what? Well, nine months pregnant at the time the curse, you know, uh, yeah, was enforced, I, and she looked to be about six months along when they locked him up. I think that's a it's got to be some sort of a continuity thing that we'll find out about maybe at some point because he looks like he's been in that prison for years. He looks no, but again, I think it's because of the withdrawal. They look so yeah. horrible. But his Plus, it is, you know, people just don't do well behind stone. You know, it doesn't look he, like you know it was a good place to be. I mean, he looked like Edmond Dantes in The Count of Monte Cristo. I mean, he's he's. You know, it looks like he's been in jail for a very long time. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. But one that leads me to something interesting. So, so Regina surrounds herself with all she's. She needs the hair, right? A sample of hair from all the darkest souls in the enchanted mm-hmm. forest. She doesn't have rumples. Yeah, unless of course well, when he handed her the curse, he handed over his hair too at the same I time. I don't think so. I don't well, think these are, people are all supposed to be so bad, but we haven't seen them in anybody else's flashbacks. We haven't learned anything about any of the rest of but them. But you have the blind. We have the blind witch. It's not the same witch from Hansel, Hansel and Gretel. Is the blind witch right? Because that's yeah. a different actress. Blind witch. Right, but it's maybe the same character. Could be. I, the I one's the very old, and the other one was young, and she. Yeah, was, I was gonna say one's quite different. All right, all right, all right. So maybe and I love Emma Caulfield, so I want her to. She was the Hansel and Gretel maybe, witch. Maybe they hadn't figured it out by that time. <laughs> yeah. You have, you have a blind. There's no question. You have a blind witch there. Um, but right. I, that's. But see that that kind of. And we know that that Rumpel has a dark heart. I mean, he's he's cursed with this curse. But fundamentally, is his heart black? No, his heart isn't black. He's. Oh, we know that his heart isn't black, so he he doesn't have you know. So so I'm wondering, and I don't. It's my own fan wank, okay, fan wank for Barbara, but I think that he is not a. Um, he is, and, and that also at the time that I saw it led me to believe that hmm, there's something else there. Why isn't his a lock of his long wild hair part of this. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I didn't I, I was wondering yeah. about that myself. Like what is the me, significance of And that, that was something that to me that was a clue that maybe there's something else to rumple that we didn't know yet, which is absolutely true. I think that was the episode after which I started well, maybe it was the pilot, but I think it might have been that episode. Although I don't think I ever did a uh, a review of that. Or did I? Did I was it was it that one I didn't do a review over the next one, Snowfalls. I don't think I ever did Snowfalls. And but I think that um that, that was the episode that I was like, huh. What else? Because 
because of the pathos you saw, I thought, what else is going on? So I thought that was kind of weird. Um, and Emma, I mean, I want to talk about uh, the book with the pages missing mm-hmm. and Emma. Um, so Emma, she wakes up. She's really, she's got bad vibes about Regina now. She's really getting sucked into this. Oh, I don't think anybody can actually warm up to her, really. No, I mean, she's she's so, you know, anyway, she's just so cold. (laughs) She just Mm -hmm. really is. It's just, you know, I mean, I I like the fact that Emma, I I, I love the whole, you know, Cobra, obviously, um, Operation Cobra was, was brought up, and I love that, and then it was just so heartbreaking when he thought that she didn't believe him. That was just uh, I was I felt so bad for for Henry and and Emma and stuff and I'm glad that at the end of there you know she kind of well you know she doesn't have to know about you know Operation Cobra and all that and made it better and and I know that she was just in that for this that purpose she was just kind of humoring him but I'm I'm happy that you know of course in the end obviously he was right and all that but you know in the end I'm glad that he, she humored him and didn't want him to feel, you know, bad about what he was thinking at the time. So, mm-hmm. anyway, I like those scenes with them. I do. Really I good. did. I did. I like that. Definitely. Um, so, so the second episode was really kind of a, you know, there were a lot of little clues and, and teases yeah. and stuff that, that really, they really laid down a lot of really good threads about all the characters. Um, I love that final scene, too, with the, oh, the apples. You know, the apples were just such a big part of that episode. Mm-hmm. You know, and well, that's such yeah. I mean, the tone was definitely different in the second episode than what the series would become. I mean, there were a lot of things that were more over the top, the way Emma took the chainsaw to the tree and the way she, like, appeased Henry a little bit. It didn't ring all that authentic to me, but it also opened with a, a current song, which is something yeah. they've really gotten away from. And I just felt like yeah. that whole, like, trying to bring in those contemporary elements just wasn't working for the show. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and they have a blend. I mean, I think the ca- the the characters in the, in the Storybrooke part of the show are a real blend of people who are um, very contemporary characters, like um, Emma and um, David and um, so many of the char- you know Mary. Ruby, well, Mary Margaret. Very, very contem- yeah, they're very contemporary. And then you have people like um, Regina who's very formal and, you know, Miss Swan and she's you know, very yeah. Victorian-ish. Mm-hmm. She's very... And then yeah. they haven't mix yet. They didn't blend all that well in this episode. What? Didn't? I'm sorry. The, the contemporary versus that, the, what you're saying, the more yeah. old-worldly. Yeah. As the series has gone on, it's gotten much better, but I think that was what really bothered me about these early episodes, watching this again. Like, I can appreciate this episode now because... You know, the characters mean a lot more. But I know when I first watched this episode, I'm like, this is awful. I don't want to watch any more of this. Uh, (laughs) And and that's kind of why there's those clashing tones that just aren't quite lining up for me there. Now, I think that Mr. Gold has always been very courtly and old world, but that's Mm -hmm. carried through. And I think that that works really, really well for his character. Mm -hmm. Because Rumpel is so very, 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 very old. And... 
Um, and he is, I mean, when Rumpel, as, as the season went on, you know, and we see him not deranged, and we see him as his early Rumpel, sort of this nice peasant guy, and then much later as a much more uh, educated, um, princely sort of character, um, that sort of courtliness really works. And I think part of it is because Carlisle really can carry that off well, um, you know, with his very lovely exactly. That sort of telegraphs that. But um, I think it's really interesting. And again, one of the things that kind of strikes me about um, that, about Rumpel, and you know, you, you know, you guys know I'm sort of like a Rumpler, you know that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can't tell. Um, but one of the things that, that makes a, is a literary resonance for me in that is um, have you guys read Wuthering Heights? No. Emily Bronte. I uh, have not Emily read Bronte. it. I'm so okay. bad. So I like Charlotte Bronte better than Emily. Charlotte Bronte wrote Jane Eyre. Her sister, Emily Bronte, wrote Wuthering Heights, which are both feature different kinds of Byronic heroes. They're sort of uh, Heathcliff, who's the hero of Wuthering Heights, is right. one end of, of Byronic hero, and Rochester in Jane Eyre is on the other end. And... Um, and Rumpel, uh, the character of Heathcliff in Wuthering Heights, is an orphan child. He's very poor. He's impoverished. He's a bastard child of this kind of minor country squire. And he's brought into the house, and he's ill-treated. He's like Cinderella almost, but it's much more dire than that. He's he's tortured and tormented, and he's made to almost be a slave. And, and he's not educated, while his other children are quite well-educated, and they're quite wealthy. And... Uh, he runs away. He's in love with Kathy, who's the daughter of the, uh, uh, his half-sister, actually. Anyway, he runs away at some point. And when he comes back, he is no longer this in-tatters guy, but he's wealthy, well-dressed, very courtly, obviously well-educated, and he's a completely different character. And yet it, it really works because you know he's been away and he's educated himself. And I know somewhere along the line, Rumpel did that. And um, so it was like, oh, okay, he's sort of channeling Heathcliff a little bit. Although um, Heathcliff, I, ne- I never really liked Heathcliff. That's not one of my – Byronic heroes usually turn me on a lot, both literally and figuratively. And um, Heathcliff never did it for me. So, but I thought that was sort of an interesting um, character choice in the writing. So, um, but anyway, so, so I want to talk about um, the, the where we're going next. So I wanted to skip over episode three. Okay. If you don't mind. Should we do that? Can we do that? Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, okay. So what do we do next? Once upon right. a time. Oh. Episode Hmm. Price of gold. I think that's next up. I think. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So let's go right was. to price of gold, which is great. Um, we can do that. And um, I'm gonna actually see. And I didn't have a chance to do this. I've been so crazy busy between getting Blog Critics up and running in its new uh, version, um, and working on the novel and other stuff graduation and all sorts of other stuff that I just haven't had a chance to email Jesse Schramm, a publicist. 
So I think it's a really appropriate thing to maybe have her on and, and talk to her a little bit about this episode. Um, and be cool. if not, if not, I'm going to pull my, I did an interview uh, with her that she was on the show, uh, but, the, but uh-huh. before that, I also did an interview with her uh, that I did for print that I've never aired. So I'm going to see if I can't get a hold of her or don't have time or she's not able to do it because um, she's got a pretty busy schedule, too. I think Falling Skies, though, is already done for, you know, filming. So she may have a break. I don't know. She actually, like, her parents live not far from here. So it's like, hi, Jesse. Um, and <laughs> she had a good, she had a really good time when she was on the show last time. So I'm going to maybe see if I can get her to come on and talk about Price of Gold because that's her episode. That is okay. Cinderella. So we'll we'll go with that for next time. Um, so if you if you tweet out to people about it, make sure people are doing that episode and not snowfalls. Okay. Um, so that's cool. So um, let's see. Oh, I want to talk about Game of Thrones now. So Jimmy, have a good night. So good. <laughs> We're gonna say goodbye. Jimmy, to Jimmy. you did not seen it yet, but we have to talk. Jimmy. About it. I was covering the killing. We had a big two-hour premiere. It was fantastic. No. All right. I guess we'll excuse you. I actually actually haven't written about the show of Game of Thrones uh, all season because we have somebody called Writer Girl um, who's been great about covering the show for us on Blog Critics. So I haven't really felt the need. So I haven't um, written about it, but I actually have a half-written article about last night's episode uh, because I was really compelled to write about it, and uh, I might have that up tomorrow sometime. But So I'm going to say goodbye to Jimmy, Jerome Wetzel TV. Follow him at Jerome Wetzel TV. He writes for Blog Critics. He writes for Seat 42F and The TV King. I did not forget that time. So catch his articles wherever he writes, and he's on Twitter all the time. So follow him there. And we'll talk to you next week, uh, Jimmy, okay? Thank you so much. Have a good night. Bye, Jimmy. Good night. Everybody else stay here. Everybody else stay here. Um, so, guys, um, okay, so hang up. Come on, hang up, Jimmy. <laughs> so, he doesn't want uh, to. <laughs> okay, so I Game can't of Thrones. believe what happened. I'm just, like, freaking out. All right, I just... Meredith, Meredith, did you watch Game of Thrones? No, unfortunately, I don't. Okay, so the most extraordinary thing happened for a penultimate episode. This is not the season finale. Every other season. No, I thought it could have been the season finale. This would have been the season finale. Um, so a main character, Rob Stark, who is has been all season since his father was killed at the, at the end of last season, yeah. mounting a war against the um, the uh, um, the. Uh, Lannister clan, I can't believe I forgot the name, against the Lannisters, who are now in control of the Iron Throne. Um, he's been mounting a war, and he's he's gotten married. Uh, he's gotten married, not who he was supposed to marry, which was supposed to connect his family with another powerful family. And, um, and he married for love, which was a big mistake. Sorry, Rob. And... Um, you know, and so they were at this this feast last night, and um, presumably to fate the marriage of 
of uh, of a daughter with another with with uh, Caitlin Stark, right? Right? Is it her brother? I think. Um, the brother, or yeah. To her brother, and um, and the wedding has happened, and the couple are bedded in Everything's their chamber. Everything's fine. And Everything <laughs> is fine, and then all of a sudden, oh, the order is given, and there is a bloodbath. Melee. I mean, a bloodbath. Oh, I just can't even. Stabs her in the stomach. The baby. I mean, like. The whole thing, I can't even, I'm like trying to, uh, I just can't even talk. <laughs> it was so upsetting. I was like, what? It really, the fact now that I they were read, lulled. He yeah, was lulled uh, into a sense of oh, security. Now, oh there's God. a deviation, a deviation from the novel in that Rob's wife was not uh, pregnant. Pregnant? Oh, okay. Point. Okay, in the novel. Well, that's interesting. So that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. but it's like, holy smoke. Now I knew, I knew what was coming. I knew Rob was not going to make it to the end of the season. I did. Oh, I, um, I was really and, hoping that he would. <laughs> I not but, expect this okay, at all. So a couple of really interesting things, um, is that, um, well, first of all, well, I can't, I can't say, cause, well, if you've read the novel, then you know that, that Caitlin isn't actually dead. Um, and I haven't read. I didn't read it. Okay, so that's ahead. a spoiler. Sorry, she. I have no idea how she's going to come through this. But well, not after just, getting her throat slit. I don't know how yeah, that's all going to work. She she's survives at least in the novel. Um, hmm. So the other thing that's really interesting, I've been saying this all season, is Clegane, the dog, who is such a jerk, but has been so protective of people like Tyrion. And I've right. always felt that there's something else there. And I've really enjoyed yeah. watching his, his character all season mm-hmm. because I've been waiting. I've been waiting for that noble knight because he's a knight as awful right, as right. he is, as ruthless as he is, as horrible as he is, and as much as Sansa, uh, sorry, as much as, as uh, Arya hates him. Right. Um. I, there's like something it's been it's been in my head that there's something else and and there is and and we see that last night yeah and, and I think it's going to be I mean it, I can I just can't even believe it I I mean I'm still just trying to process to be honest with yeah, you. yeah I'm going to have to rewatch it cuz it was just yeah. so shocking that yeah I mean my I'm my mouth was just, yeah. I was like, what? This is, I, I, the fact that it was that he was just, the, the whole thing, the way it was all played was just so well done. I mean, he didn't have yeah. a clue. None of us had no. a clue. I no, mean, it and it was just, shocking. Oh, my God. Really shocking. And the fact it really that it wasn't was. the season finale. Actually, during the during the whole episode, I was like, okay, where are Jamie and Brienne? I want to find out what's happening with that storyline. Because the other storyline right. that I really enjoyed this season was watching Jamie's journey. Yeah, you know his, his comeuppance and the severing yep. of his hand, and how right. that has humbled him, and has made him become like Clegane. Yeah, exactly. The noble knight, the noble knight that that he actually is, which is really I thought was really interesting. Um, so I was like, where is he? Where is? He? But but he, it sets up 
this this finale is going to be incredible. So I can't wait. I till can't wait. Sunday's I mean, finale. I'm nervous for the finale now, but still, yeah, it'll be good. But I mean, this could have been the finale, and I still. It could have I mean, been. No, I. It could have been. It was. It was good. It, it was been. good and shocking. It was good. Which um, is what they we are, do. <laughs> we are actually out of time. Oh my gosh! So okay. believe it or not. So we're going to see everyone next week, hopefully, and um, stay tuned because we'll talk about Price of Gold, which is one of my favorite episodes from season one, and we'll talk about the season finale of Game of Thrones as well. So come on, guys. Come on back next week, and thank you, guys. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Jimmy. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. And we'll see you guys next week. Lord of the Rings article um, on this episode. Okay. Thanks. All right. I'll talk to you, you guys later. Week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.